Today I'm going to be speaking to you on the subject of working the word, working the word, how the word of God seeks to work in our life and how also we're to work the word of God in our own lives and circumstances. And I'm going to be looking at four headings in the course of this sermon, application, operation, activation and penetration how we apply the word, how the word operates in our hearts, how we activate the word by mixing it with faith, and how the word of God penetrates into the darkness of the enemy. So the question that I'm asking you today, well, for you to ask yourself is, how can I work the word better in my life this week? How can I work the word better in my life this week? Through application, operation, activation and penetration. I've got three Bible scriptures that I'm going to be centering on and uh, the first one that we're going to turn to is James chapter 1 verse 22, James 1 But while you're turning to that, just a reminder about how important the word of God is to our daily lives. You know when Jesus was being tested by the devil in the wilderness, one of the tests was that Jesus should use his power to turn stones into bread. And Jesus responded by saying that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that is proceeding from the mouth of God. Uh, The tense is present, so it's the today word. It's the word that God is speaking to our hearts as individuals, to us as as groups and, and churches, to nations, What is the proceeding word of God for your life today? Because that's what you're to live by. In fact, it's as important as your daily bread, if not more important. Jesus also said about his words, he didn't say that his words were merely information, but he said that his words, they were spirit and they were life. We're going to see that that God's word is living and active and available to work in and through our lives. Oh, uh, the first section we're coming to is application. How to apply the word of God in our external situations and circumstances. James 1, 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man viewing his natural face in a mirror. He views himself and goes his way and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of of the work, this person will be blessed in their doing." So here we have that great picture of not only hearing, but applying God's word in the situations that we find ourselves in. This was very much a word that James needed to write to the scattered, early scattered Jewish church uh, in the Palestinian area. Because this particular church, they were trying to deal with their difficult circumstances in every way possible except by applying the principles of the word of God. Uh, James says, you've got a wisdom, but it's not a wisdom that comes from above that is peaceable, 
but you have a wisdom that comes from the earth that is sensual. In other words, he was saying to these Christians, you're just trying to sort out your problems and your circumstances like everybody else. Uh, there's been no change in the way you deal with what life throws at you when you are a non-Christian to now that you are a Christian. You're still operating these old worldly principles and techniques to make life work. And guess what? They don't work. Uh, and they were fighting amongst one another. And they were uh, uh, looking to try and get, get the favor of rich people to write them a check to sort out their problems. They were looking to all the earthly resources around them to deal with their earthly circumstances but James was saying you need to use the word you need to use the principles of scripture that are there for everything that we find ourselves or could find ourselves facing in life the circumstances and every facet and area of the human life there are principles of wisdom, principles of teaching, principles of attitudes and actions found in scripture that we simply need to apply in order for God to bring his intervening spirit. They were like people that look in the mirror in the morning and then don't look to see what the mirror reflects in their uh, external appearance. I'm sure probably all of us looked in a mirror this morning, some type of mirror, whether it was to shave or to comb your hair or perhaps to put on your makeup. And uh, when you look in the mirror, uh, you need to pay attention to see what needs to be adjusted. Earlier this week, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I was shaving and I cut myself up here. You say, how did you cut yourself up there? I have no idea. I, I, I was concentrating, I was looking, I was just shaving, I cut myself. When you're applying eyeliner, ladies, you have to be... <laughs> okay. When you're applying eyeliner, ladies, you have to be very careful, don't you? Get it just in the right place. So if we're to be careful in our appearance, which is what James is using as an illustration, then what he is saying spiritually is this, that the Word of God, the teaching of Scripture, act, um, actually and accurately reflects the circumstances around us. You know, the world can tell you what's going in your life. That, that there's a hundred opinions out there about what's going on in your life, what you're facing and how to deal with it. But the Word of God accurately reflects how this fallen world works, accurately reflects what's going on in your circumstances and accurately reflects what's going on, your li going on in your life if you're only honest enough to look into it. And not just to look into it, but to then to take steps to apply God's principles to deal with what needs to be altered in your situation. You're not blessed just because you hear. You might hear a sermon and you might think, wow, what a great sermon, I'm blessed. Well, according to James, you're not blessed yet. You enjoyed a sermon, but if you don't apply the principles of that sermon that the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you in your personal life, and three days later you don't even remember what you heard, then James says you're not blessed at all. He says that the man in this position is blessed in what they do. They see, they don't forget, and they make adjustments according to God's principles. It's my belief that God has got something to say to you today through this sermon. It's a today word. It's a spirit word. He's got alterations or an alteration that he wants to make in the way that you're handling some things. 
Because the way that you're handling some things may not be the way that he would want you to handle those things. And adjustments need to be made in the principles and actions and decisions that you are making in your circumstances today. I don't know what it is for each one of us. I believe and pray that the Holy Spirit will show us. But it could be in a number of areas. And you've got to say, Lord. And, and remember, well, not remember, I'm telling you for the first time, but I'm not saying that God is looking to solve every situation in your life right now. I mean, if we were to go to God and say, God, what's wrong with me? He'd be like, well, how long have you got? And if God told us everything that was wrong with us and everything that he, was, he wanted to change and everything, it would be so much, so overwhelming that we'd probably be depressed and give up. No, what we have to learn is what one thing, or two, perhaps, or three, but today I'm just saying, unless God wants to give you a bit more, but I'm saying what one thing, perhaps, is God speaking to you about right now in applying his word? Could it be in your work life? Are you applying God's principles of wisdom and integrity, character in your work life right now? Do you get to work on time? Are you a model worker? Do you give the respect to the boss that the Bible says that you should do? How are you at going the extra mile? I'm not here to give you all the principles of being uh, a godly worker in your things. You, you know some of these. But is there a situation in the workplace or in your business where you're not aligned to the principles of wisdom, honesty, and character that the Bible's speaking about? Maybe that's an area. Maybe it's an area in your marriage. Husbands, are you moving towards... Step by step, loving your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for them. Is there something perhaps that God is placing in a husband's uh, heart today, saying there's certain ways you're treating your wife need to change today? Could it be that? Could it be a wife? Are you moving uh, towards godly submission and support of your husband according to scripture like the church is submitted to Christ and serves Christ is there something that God's speaking about your attitudes or your actions is that the thing is it speaking to us as fathers or, or mothers is it speaking to us as disciples or, or people that are serving the church is it speaking to us about our friendships our relationships is God speaking to us about our financial circumstances and our giving I don't know there's so many areas we could spend years speaking on these things and that's what we do we talk about principles of scripture principles of God to make life work that come from a wisdom that comes from above let me ask you what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about right now what areas has he been consistently over the last days or weeks perhaps pointing out about how you're treating someone or how you're dealing with a situation and saying, put my principles to work. Trust me, do it my way, not your way, and I will be with you. Often it's the thing that keeps bubbling up. Often it's the thing that keeps annoying us. Often it's the thing we feel a little bit guilty about. Often it's the thing that, we, that buzzes in our mind. It's the Holy Spirit putting his finger on how we're doing something and saying, I want you to come back into alignment with the principles of practice of my word. 
That's the first thing I want to say today, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you, and that you won't just be a hearer, not just of the sermon, but are not even a hearer of what God's putting his finger on right now in how you're to change and apply scriptural principles, but you will be a doer. So perhaps God is speaking to you about application of God's word in circumstances. But as well as application, the second thing I wanted to speak about, about working the word of God, is operation. Operation. And I'd like us to go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 for this. Operation. The operation of the word of God at work by the Spirit in our hearts right now. Hebrews 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even into the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is no creature that is not revealed in his, his sight, for all things are bare and exposed to the eyes of him whom, to whom we must give an account. What a powerful verse this is. The word of God is not just information, but it's living and it's active and it is in operation in your heart right now. Living, active, heart operation. God dealing not just on the outside with principles that he's calling on us to apply, application, but operation. The heart of the trouble, when all said and done, is trouble in your heart. And the greatest work of Almighty God in the world today is the work of his spirit in a human heart. That's the greatest work of Almighty God on earth today. And we are to cooperate with that operation that God is doing in our heart, in our minds, in our thoughts in our intentions, in our thinking, in our responses and reactions, in our worldview and the way that we see things. God is at work by his word through his spirit in challenging assumptions, in encouraging the discouraged, in pointing out things that need to be changed, in healing our hearts, in bringing our mind into a place of renewal where we think like him, see like him, perceive like him, react like him, respond like him, think like him. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. It's alive, it's living, it's active. And there's a background to this verse as well in Hebrews. The background is there in Hebrews 3 in chapter 4. And what, what, what uh, the author is saying to a group of Christians who are thinking about giving up because of the pressures of life. He's saying, don't be like the Moses generation. It's all there in chapter 3. Who had the promises of God. Who God spoke to with a word for today. But they didn't believe the word. They didn't believe that there was a promised journey to a promised land of blessing. But they didn't trust God. And their hearts were hardened. And they refused to allow God the divine operation in their hearts to bring out the desire that he had for them. And we see in chapter 3 that there is a today word. God, listen to me, 
This isn't just a, 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 a preaching method to get your attention. I'm serious. God is speaking to you. So we see in chapter 3, I'll just throw this out, you need to turn to it, but it says this, Therefore, this was speaking to the children of Israel, the, who were, the Moses generation, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as, as on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me. And then again in verse 13 it says, verse 12, be attentive, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, and you depart from the living God. But encourage one daily while it's still called today, lest any of one, one of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. While it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the wilderness. And then again in chapter 3, verse 6. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and they to whom it was first preached did not enter due to unbelief. Again he said, again he establishes a certain day, today saying through David, after so long a time as it has been said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Then back in chapter 4 verse 2. For the gospel, the good news, was preached to us as well as them. But the word preached to them did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith in those who heard it. So there was a difference between those that heard the word and mixed it with faith and trust and those that heard the word and did not activate the word by believing God. The word of God is alive, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The picture here is of heart surgery. God is at work in your heart and your mind. Because the more he can do in your heart and mind, the more he can do not only in you, but through you. The greatest thing that we need is a move of God in our hearts and minds. And some of us, he's got on the operation table, and some of us keep crawling off that operation table, and some of us can't even get into the operating room. But God is calling on you to understand that he's wanting and attempting to do a great, deep, internal, powerful, life-changing operation in your heart and mind, in your thinking process, in the way that you view things. God is at work and he's operating. Now, there's some people that are listening today and you're looking at your life and you're saying, I feel like I'm all over the place. Nothing seems to be happening. I'm not moving forward. In fact, I'm confused. I don't have peace in my heart. And I'm not sure what's going on. My mind is spinning. Well, let me tell you something. God is deep at work in your heart. But cling to the word. Invite that scalpel of God's word to do its work inside you. Because when God is, is making you, conf when God is allowing you to be confused on the inside, it's because he's shaking things. He's shaking assumptions that you've held for so long. He's shaking things that you have trusted, views that you have had, ways that you have thought that life worked. He's going deep, 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 deeper than you could possibly imagine with the blade of his spirit-coated word to cut out 
things that are not of God and to cut away the, the mindsets and reactions and characteristics that are not in line with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's a powerful, powerful work that God is wanting to do in your life. Recognize that's what is happening. Stay close to the Word, close to the Spirit and let Him complete what He's doing. When you, when you get off that operating table and, and, there's, and, and there's various stages of this and you get into recovery mode. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be quicker of mind. You're going to be clearer of, uh, in thought. You're going to be stronger in character than you've ever been before. And your born again heart that was placed within you when you believe Jesus is going to be able to beat through you, speak through you, stronger than ever before. God is in the healing business. God is in the sanctifying and consecrating business. That's why sometimes you feel so Ugh, is because God is in there getting to grips with the darkness and the, the mess and he's cleaning it out. It's cleaning time in the hearts of God's people and sometimes that's tough and sometimes you don't feel good but it's not the devil, it's God, it's his word. He's cleansing, refining, he's healing, he's strengthening and he's making your heart strong because he's going to use you in greater ways in the kingdom. He's revealing it. He's showing it. He's, he's, he's bringing it. So God is at work in your heart. God's word is a seed. God's word is a seed. This is how the word works. The sower sows the seed. What's the seed? It's the word of God. And where does he sow the seed? He sows it into the soil. What is the soil? It's your heart. But the thing is, you see... There's nothing wrong with God's seed. God's seed is incorruptible. God's seed is alive. It's just looking for the right soil to germinate, spring forth and bear fruit. God's seed is incorruptible. God's seed is alive. But it's the state of the heart that gives the right conditions for the kingdom of God to manifest in us and through us. And so we know about the hard heart that Jesus spoke of in the parable of the sower. A hard soil and the seed just bounces right off. God, touch our hard hearts and soften them with your spring rain. And turn over the hardness of our soil in our heart until it's wonderful and ready to receive seeds that you're dropping by your Holy Spirit. Some soil had thistles and thorns that grew up a, a false attention and focus and problems instead of the God who solves problems. And the cares and anxieties of the world are filling our hearts and our minds and throttling any type of word that God is placing in our heart to apply or to allow to grow inside us. Get rid of the anxieties. Well, how do you say, how do I get rid of the anxieties? Go to the one who can solve them. God, the name of Jesus we sang about earlier is the name above every name. Trust him, believe in him and let him do his work. And then we've got shallow soil. People that hear the word, rejoice in the word, and then an hour later, ignore the word. And the word doesn't take root in their hearts. It's surface Christianity. It's amen Christianity, where we say amen on the outside to deep and powerful truths that God wants to work on the inside, and we never let it get in. We're closed off. 
We've got too much of the world's way of doing it. You've got to trust the Lord. You've got to take your hands away. Can you imagine, in the natural sense, having heart surgery? And you're lying on the surgeon, uh, and the surgeon's coming, and you're going, get away. Get away. You don't, and I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Open heart surgery. You've got to open your heart for God to do the surgery because then he can begin to sow his seeds in your life. A changing of mind, a changing of heart, a changing of attitude, a changing of intentions, a changing of responses, a growing of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, a moving towards the inner life. God works from the inside out. God is looking to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Patience, faithfulness, generosity of heart and believing God, gentleness, kindness, self-control. These are not human produced. They are the fruit of God's divine operation in our hearts. Let me ask you, is God, an op- is God operating in your hearts today? If he is, what area, attitude, mindset is God got his Holy Ghost word scalpel working on. You see, if we tune in to what God's doing, we'll tune out of what the world is trying to confuse us with. If we tune in and know what God is doing, what the season is, the today word, there it was in Hebrew, today if you hear his voice, God is speaking to you today. He was speaking to you yesterday. He's speaking, he's speaking, he's speaking. He's putting his finger on some things and has been. Recognize that God's, it is indeed the genuine finger of God that is on these things. It's God Almighty shaping you. God Almighty working in you. What is he saying to you today? What is he doing in your heart today? Lord, I pray that you will speak, that you will make clear the work that you're doing on the inside of our lives. Lord, what one thing, what one thing have you got your finger on right now? You could put your finger on a million things, but what one thing today are you speaking about to us? Is it the same thing you spoke to us about yesterday, last week, last month? Are there some things you keep speaking, but we don't keep hearing today, today? Today, working the word application, operation, activation. We've mentioned that the difference between those that heard the good news preached and those that uh, activated it was huge. It didn't profit those that heard the word but didn't mix it with faith. Everything God gives you, the promises of God, the word of God, the principles of God, the work of the Holy Spirit presently in your life today, in your circumstances that you face today. Are you mixing faith with God's word? Are you activating? The, the, the gospels are full of people activating God's word. God's word not just in uh, the scriptures, but God's word in incarnate form. Jesus, the word made flesh, walking around in the gospel times. And people, there were those that activated him, if I can use that phrase, and those that didn't. There were those that touched the hem of his garment and activated his power. And he felt power leaving him. 
There was those that shouted to him and called to him, Son of God, have mercy upon me. Son of David, have mercy upon me. It was a cry of faith. It activated. You don't need to come and see my servant. Just say the word and he will be healed. It activated the word of God. God loves faith. God loves people to trust him even when everything says don't trust him. God loves people to put principles into action in their life that are counterintuitive but totally in line with God's word. God loves activating people. God loves activated prayer. God loves activated confession. God loves activated actions. Activating, reaching out, touching, believing, praying, acting, speaking. With faith, trusting God, taking him at his word, being prepared to go down believing God rather than staying up, not trusting him, knowing that if you don't go down with God, you will come popping up higher than ever before, sooner or later. Jesus went down into the grave, trusting God. Now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. All faith is based on that resurrection experience. Activating. What's God saying about bless? A little bit more faith, please. A little bit more faith, a little less conversation. A little bit more faith, a little bit more, a little less argument with God. A little bit more faith, a little bit less complaining. A little bit more faith, please. A little bit more action. Come on. Come on, stir it up a little bit more. Do it, say it, believe it, take it. Activate. Mix the word of God with your faith. What God is speaking to you today, let's get some faith. Let's get some faith going. Let's get some belief. Let's get some believing that God's kingdom is going to overcome the kingdom of darkness. Let's get some faith. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Let's get some not yet seen seen. We know what God's plans are in many things. We know what God's word is in many things. We know what God wants us to do in our vision for our lives. We know for a church the vision that God has for us in the next four years, our 2020 vision. Let's get some faith mixed into it. Let's get some activation. Application, operation, activation, and finally, penetration. The word of God is a force that when released is the greatest mighty weapon on planet earth today. Let's go to Hebrews, uh, sorry not Hebrews, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. Talking, sorry, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Talking about the armour of God. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. All right, okay. (laughs) I'll have to look that up later and see if if that's God's today word for me. I don't know. Ephesians 6, 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit always with all kinds of prayers and supplications. To the end, to that end, be alert with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Pray for me, that the power to speak may be given to me, that I may may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. There's a background here as well that we need to be aware of. Because this is putting on the armour and carrying the sword to deal with an enemy of darkness that is trying to oppress us and this world. 
we go back a little bit in Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. These powers, we, we, we have an enemy and it's time to defeat and to fight the enemy. It's time to press the enemy. Now you say, well, how does this enemy manifest itself? How does the enemy attack us? Well, the clue is in the defensive equipment that we need. Uh, you don't need a barbed wire fence to defend your perimeter if they're firing missiles on you. You need something else. You need airplanes or something to hit back at those or counter missiles. And so the clue is what defense is in our armor. It shows you the way that these powers work in the world through governments, nations, communities, families and individuals. This is how they work. So we need the belt of truth. Why? Because these dark powers are lying, deceiving powers. They're lying, deceiving powers. They deceive nations. They deceive people. They bring lies, false religion, false philosophies, false worldviews. They're at the back of these things, pushing them and manifesting them through human people and organizations. We don't fight people. We fight the powers that are behind them. We need the breastplate of righteousness. Why? Because these dark powers, these dark powers are evil powers. They, 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 they work in corrupt ways. They, they, um, they are immoral powers with immoral agendas, pushing immorality and all kinds of wickedness through people that they have deceived. So we need the breastplate of righteousness to fight these spiritual forces that are bringing immorality. Uh, we, 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 we need the uh, helmet of salvation because these powers are trying to take as many people to hell with them as they can through their deceptive ways. And we need the shield of faith because at the heart of all these powers, power is unbelief. You say, how do we fight these powers, Bruce? Do you speak to these powers? No, I don't speak to these powers. I speak to the power who's seated on the throne of glory, and I ask him to sort these powers out. And the greatest way to wield this sword, and this sword of the Spirit is, is the word is the short sword. It's the short Roman sword that was used for close quarter precision stabbing. It's not the big uh, one-edged sword that you would just like flail around and just hope that you're going to hit somebody. And the word for word of God here is rhema word. It's God's word for today. It's God's word activated for now. And so prayer is the way that we release our weapon. Prayer, the, the, apart from the other uh, defense mechanisms that we have in our armor, we do have also the shoes of the gospel, don't we? And the shoes of the gospel allow us to walk. The gospel is the power of God for everyone unto salvation. And the gospel and the truth of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, not just a proclamation in evangelism, but the teaching of the gospel in cell groups, the reading of the word, dispels darkness. And prayer dispels darkness. How are you wielding your prayer sword today? 
Are you believing God? Are you praying and pushing back the darkness that assails your life or the lives of those that you know? Are you taking your stand and are you taking the word of God and are you praying that God's kingdom would come and God's will would be done? You say, I don't know what to pray. I tell you, the greatest prayer that you can pray in any circumstance or situation is this. Your will be done, your kingdom come on earth in this situation or this person's life as it is in heaven. You don't need any other prayer. I mean, God will give you other prayer. It says very, but that, that's the prayer I always pray. Your will be done, your kingdom come in this situation as it is in heaven. I mix that with faith. And then that sword goes in and it penetrates darkness and it brings light and it pushes back these powers. We need to push back the powers in prayer to the Father in our lives, in our church lives, in our city lives, our nation lives. A prayer, a prayer barrage. Dispelling the darkness and bringing the kingdom. And after that prayer barrage, we will walk in faith and conquer and see manifestations of God's kingdom. The darkness has reigned too long, my friends. Time for the church to turn back into effective prayer. It's not enough to have the armor. It's time to wield the sword of the Spirit and pray in the Spirit with all kinds of leadings of the Spirit. And, and another great prayer, as kingdom come will be done, is send your Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what we need, more of the Holy Spirit penetration so we've had application what is God saying that you're to change in the way you're dealing with things external principles attitudes wisdom in these areas that we spoke about realignments changing what just one thing operation and awareness what is God doing on the inside cooperate don't fight he that is operating in your heart but be aware, today, if you hear him speaking, he's operating in your heart. Activation, time to mix with faith. and Be bold, be strong, because the Lord, your God, is with you. And penetration, how's your prayer life? Do you use, if you're Katie, are you using your prayer diary and Bible reading plan? It'll help you, it'll help you. You can get one on the way out, you can get it on our internet. If you don't know how to pray, or you're so down, you just don't think you have a prayer life anymore, come and join us one Wednesday evening at 7. You don't come every week, but come one week and join us as we stick the sword into the devil in all parts of the world and situations in our intercessory gathering on Wednesday. Come and we'll, we'll supercharge you back in, 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 into that situation. Let's pray right now.